Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. Welcome in, everybody. Glad to see you on this Wednesday night. Got a lot to talk about, honestly, for uh, for just being a regular old Wednesday. We got a lot to cover, so I'm excited to talk about all that with you. Um, here's kind of the rundown. So there's a sign-stealing scandal for some reason. We didn't get to it on the radio show this afternoon, so I will get, it, get into that with you here. The Ole Miss basketball season mercifully has come to an end. And there's a lot to talk about with that as well. I I mean, the future of the program. I think if you are going to keep Kermit Davis, there are some things that you have to do and you have to do immediately. And we'll talk about that. Also, the uh, Mississippi State series in Biloxi has inspired an idea from me. And did they write the ship? Do you think they kind of figured it out? We will um, talk about that as well if there's time. So glad you guys are with me. Let me just uh, get the link out there on my Twitter page, and we can get started. Uh, so just give me one second, and we'll get going. Now. Talking me future. Sorry about this, guys. I try to cut this stuff out of the podcast. Hopefully I remember to do that. Anyway, by the way, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment, so I would love for you to be a part. Just uh, hop on over to YouTube or Facebook. Just search my name. My name is Michael Borky, uh, spelt right there for you. Uh, if you want to be a part of this, that's how you have to do it. It will not be on Twitter, so just hop on over, and you can uh, and you can be a part. I'd love for you guys to comment. Whatever is on your mind, whatever is on your mind, I would love to hear from you. So. Why do we, meaning Ole Miss, Sterling gets us started saying, why do Ole Miss plays, why do they play Alcorn? It's hard to watch. I mean, you know, in-state money, in-state school, stuff like that. But I have often asked, uh, I did it earlier this season, um, and I do it basically every year. Some of these midweek games, I think, are a waste of time. Ole Miss would have been better served tonight and I get pushback on this on the radio show sometimes. Ole Miss would have been better suited to run an inter-squad scrimmage tonight. Oh, well, they get to see somebody else's pitching. Position players throwing 68 miles an hour. That that helps you negatively. I mean, yeah, you get to see some other arms, but if you just scrimmaged each other, you could have seen more of them. That would have been more beneficial uh, than than what they did tonight. That, that's a take I have on a basically annual basis. So um, for whatever that may be worth, I agree with you. I, I think it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a waste of time to tell you the truth. Uh, and by kind of, I mean, I think it's a huge waste of time. And I don't think that uh, there's any benefit to this at all. So 
Anyway, where should we start tonight? I would like to know that. Where should we start tonight? Should we start with uh, Ole Miss basketball, that season mercifully coming to an end? Um, we'll start there. Let's start there, and then I'll get into the sign-stealing scandal, if you will. Again, wanted to talk about it on the radio this afternoon for whatever reason. Uh, it just didn't didn't get brought up. I think it's worth talking about, especially uh, with the Peyton Chatagnier interview uh, coming out, he and, he and Neil McCrady. Uh, kind of talked about it. They didn't use specific names, but you all know who the name is. Um, so it's fascinating, and uh, we'll talk about it. But I'll start with uh, with Ole Miss Hoops, actually, in the future of the program. Because that seems like, based on my scouring of social media and stuff before I go live, that seems like what most everybody is talking about, at least at the moment, um, is what do they do from here? What's next? What's the future? Whatever. Keith Carter has a decision to make because, yes, I, I know there are injuries. I've got somebody, uh, nice guy, in my Twitter mentions right now telling me that if not for the injuries, they would have been completely different. And there's there's no denying, as I've said before with you guys, I'll say again because why not, if they were fully healthy, this team would not have gone 4-14 four and 14 in the league. But it would not have been an NCAA tournament team. They have they at no point this season showed you that they were capable of making the NCAA tournament. At no point this season, healthy, not healthy, doesn't matter, did they show you the capability of being an NCAA tournament team. They did not show you that at any point. They at no point were a good basketball team this season. Sorry. It, that's just the truth. So yes, they got injured. Would four and fourteen have been what? Six and twelve, eight and ten, maybe. Maybe they double up their win total if they stay healthy. That's still not a tournament team. They were going to not be a good basketball team this year. It's quite clear. That's just the truth. Four and fourteen is four and fourteen. This is the worst conference season they've had in a couple decades. And by win percentage, I think, if I under if I remember the stat correctly, by win percentage, this is the worst conference season Ole Miss has had since before I was born. Think about that. You're telling me that there haven't been Ole Miss teams that were injured also during those times? Um, because, of, of course, there were. And, yeah, the league has elevated. The league has gotten better. But um, this is not acceptable. And credit to Kermit Davis. I mean, you know, after the game, he really talked about how this this isn't acceptable and Ole Miss has better resources than this or whatever. But th- there's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. This is unacceptable. In two of the last three seasons, they've gone six and twelve and f- four and fourteen. In two of the last three seasons, with what a ten and eight sandwiched in between, and they went to the NIT. Those are your last three seasons. Uh, I understand, I know, that it's a difficult job. I will never argue that it should be an NCAA tournament team every year. I will never argue that, because that's an unrealistic expectation based on a lot of factors, and we don't need to go over them. You understand them. You've got a nice new building, your facilities are nice, campus is nice, all that stuff. Basketball is a little bit different than football. But when people, I I hear a a handful of things from people. Uh, The first being in terms of, you know, this job, well, until the network gets better at buying players, this is the result you can expect. That's bull. 
that is bull because you've been better than this more consistently than this without the network buying players. Okay. This is failed evaluations, some injuries, and more failed evaluations. And an offensive system that looks clunky at best at times, among other things. Um, If you're just saying that they are only in this position because the network doesn't buy players, that's unacceptable. That that, that is a cop-out answer that, that is not accurate. On top of the fact that you look at Arkansas, and I know that Arkansas is a better basketball job. It is a better basketball job than Ole Miss in, in every way, shape, and form. More fan support, more money, all that stuff. More history, everything. They've got it all. More so than Ole Miss anyway. Look at their roster construction. Is that a team filled with players that were bought for by shoe companies and five stars? And No, it's a team that's really reliant on transfers that came from small places, mostly. Um, Eric Musselman built his team based on transfers. That's what Arkansas is this year. So the, oh, well, they're bad because they can't get players is, is a foolish argument. It's not rooted in reality. Um, and two... I hear all the time, well, who are you going to get that's better? I promise you, you can find people that can do better than 4-14. and 14. Maybe it's Kermit Davis. Maybe he can do better than 4-14 and 14 moving forward. But I think that's a cop-out answer. I think if that is your position that, oh, who can you get that's better? I think it's a cop-out. I think that's weak. I think that's a small-time mentality that has plagued that school for a while and seemingly getting out of that mentality. Um, but 6-12 and 12 two years ago, NIT last year, 4-14 and 14 this year, should be and is unacceptable. You are better than that. Somebody out there can produce better results than that. And maybe that person is Kermit Davis. But if Keith Carter decides, if he decides that Kermit Davis will return for next year, and yeah, Paul, you're right. Uh, I mean, next year's recruiting class is exceptional. But what are they right now? They're a really good basketball team, a fun product, an enjoyable product built on transfers. Good evaluations. That's what they're built on. But if, and it seems like this is more likely, if they decide to keep him and run this back for another year, something needs to happen. And it needs to happen fast. They need to be as transparent as possible with uh, no, they don't care as much, but it's a money making sport. Uh, you cannot punt basketball. You can't do it. You have to try to win every year. You have to. You have no choice. If you actively punt basketball, you're a fool. And so, no, I mean they, they don't care as much as Arkansas, but it's a money sport. You have to engage in it. Um. Anyway, what you have to do if you are Ole Miss, is you have to be very specific with what you are selling to people. Because right now, quite frankly, the the, the product is bad. It's awful. 
It's a bad product at the moment. It, it simply is. It is. Um, I don't have a personal relationship with Kermit Davis. I know a lot of people around Oxford love him, and he's great in the community and stuff like that. That is all true, but it's also true that the results are, are not matching um, what should be baseline expectation, which is competitive. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to make a tournament every year, but you have to be competitive. So what you have to do, because clearly people are not buying into your product anymore. They're not showing up to games. People don't care about your basketball team right now. And it's a shame because good basketball this time of year is so much fun. And also it actually makes your school money. It's important and in, in being good at it really helps your school and your athletic department. So if you are going to run this back, if you're going to have another season, you have to outline exactly what will be different, and you have to be very specific with people. Keith Carter and Kermit Davis both. You can't just, oh, we're going to work hard and we're going to do this. No, you have to be specific. What are you going to do offensive philosophy? Will that change? What is it? What will you do in the transfer portal? Will you use the transfer portal? Or will you win this in recruiting? In one case, they're going to have to re-recruit a particular very good player on their own roster. Will your team return? What are your plans offensively? What are your plans in recruiting? Why should a fan think that this time it's going to be different? You have to be specific. You have to be very detailed in telling people why they should expect different and why it will be different because you are a hard sell right now, a damn near impossible sell. You can't sell it. Trust me. I saw the crowds. Nobody's buying what you're selling. So if you decide to run it back, you have to be specific and detailed to a satisfactory level because I don't think people are really going to buy in regardless, but there are so many questions that have to be answered. Who's replacing Nasir Brooks? Will you be able to hang on to Matt Morell, who will undoubtedly be recruited by a bunch of people? Will you be able to be successful in the portal? Will there be a shooter in there for you to get? Will you have an offense that looks like it is designed to actually score points? Those kind of things, there's so many ifs, and those all have to be answered in order to get people to believe in the decision you make by keeping Kermit Davis as your head coach. You have to give specific detail and outline exactly why people should believe that this season will be different than the ones they've watched for the last three years. Because the last three years, it's been a bad product. It's been a bad product that's had bad evaluations, that uh, has not had great success in the transfer portal, that has been brutal offensively, and yes, they've had the misfortune of injuries. But again, this was the worst, if I understand it correctly, this was the worst Conference season by win percentage since before I was born. That is unacceptable. And and don't make excuses for it. You, you Nobody should make excuses for this, including the people involved. And I don't think they are. I don't think they will. Doesn't sound like it. I mean, you know, Kermit Davis after the game is, is kind of selling himself a little bit and, and kind of buttering up his athletic director. But he says it himself. He says it's a big boy league. Um, he said, it's on us. We're going to go out and put together a roster that uh, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, he's kind of acknowledging and he said it multiple times this season that it's unacceptable. Well, don't make excuses. This isn't acceptable. It's a difficult job, but you can be better than this.
You should expect better than this. And so if the decision is made to run it back, have an outline that people can buy into. Or else they won't buy anything. Yeah, Memphis Rebel, I agree about the baseball thing. That uh, that shouldn't... This game shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't happen. Nicholas says, I'm going to miss... I miss going to Ole Miss basketball games. They used to be so electric and fun to watch. I really do miss it. That's what I keep... I talked about this on the on the show today some. I, I, I had a friend... Oh, I guess it was yesterday. I had a friend over the weekend uh, say to me, and he was joking, but he said, why don't they just punt basketball, use the pavilion for concerts, and invest all the money in football and baseball? And he was joking, but that actually is a sentiment that exists around here. Um, some people actually believe that you should do that. And aside from the economics of it, because college baseball does nothing for your school. It doesn't. Sorry. Even winning a national championship does not do anything for your school compared to what basketball and obviously football can do. It just it doesn't uh, from the from an economic standpoint. But the only reason why you think that is because you are so far removed from being in it that you forget how fun it is, how impactful it is. Again, that's aside from the economic impact that it has on your school. Only two sports impact your school economically. Positively. Baseball breaks even, maybe makes a little bit of money, but doesn't have any national attention paid to it. So even if you're great, nationally, nobody cares. People around here care. Nationally, nobody cares. Being good at baseball does not elevate your school's profile at all. Being good at basketball does to some degree. Being good in football, obviously, is basically everything. Um, But you only think that because you don't remember how fun it was, how fun it is to be in it this time of year to watch the bracketology and see where your team's going to be and have a chance to win your conference tournament and play in March Madness, you only think that that should be punted because you don't remember what it was like to be in it. It's so much fun to be in it in college basketball. And right now around here, it sucks. It sucks. This is, as somebody that covers it, but I'm also a fan. Like, I watch the games like you guys watch it. I'm not an analyst. I'm an opinion guy. I just talk. I, I, I make comments and opinions. Like, I can't do X's and O's with basketball with you. I'm supposed to have the conversations that you guys are having. That's my role. So I, I watch it from a fan perspective, just like you guys do. This sucks. This year sucked. This is not fun at all. Good basketball is so much freaking fun. And so this concept of, ah, oh, just punt it. Ah, well, you you know, you probably couldn't do any better. It's cop-out. But it's cop-out because you can do better. You can. Whether it's with Kermit Davis or with somebody else, you absolutely can be better than this if you're Ole Miss. And with Mississippi State, they are, I mean, it feels like it's inevitable. They are making a change. But you absolutely can do better than what you've gotten from Ben Halland. Absolutely you can. Do you risk doing worse? Yes, you do. Rick Ray was your coach before Ben Halland. That's real. It was worse than Ben Halland, but it can be better. So do you settle for mediocrity because it could possibly be worse? No. You don't do that. It's ridiculous. And I hate that it's a sentiment around here. Can't stand it. 
What's my take on Gaddis being moved to Friday and Derek Diamond moved to Saturday? Uh, I think it, it was a matter of time. It's the right move. Um, I, I definitely hear, and if like Chase Parham, for example, it knows more about baseball than I could ever dream of. Uh, he thinks that they should have kept Gaddis on Saturday but still made alterations to the rotation. Um, I certainly I hear that, uh, no doubt, because you probably have a better chance at winning more games on Saturday. But when you look at the SEC, um, I mean, a bunch of teams lost their Friday night aces either going into the season or very early in the season. And there aren't really that many dominant Friday night arms that you're like afraid of, you know? So uh, I think moving Gaddis to Friday makes sense. It does. Uh, I think he'll win games, especially with your offense. He'll win games. I I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if you see two new faces in the rotation soon, Um, besides just whoever throws on Sunday, I hear it's going to be Doherty, but it might be Elliott as well. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if both of them are pitching on weekends soon. It needed to be done because Ole Miss has an offense that can win championships if it is paired, and they have a bullpen that is good enough to get them there, but starting pitching was not good enough. It, it wasn't, and and everybody saw it. You, I mean, Bianco said on Sunday, and you could tell, um, Getting nine innings and three starts from your Sunday starter is not good enough and will not win you anything of value. A change had to be made. It had to be made. Nicholas said, I was a student from 2017 to 19, the start of the pandemic, and we weren't amazing. But, man, they would have had the pavilion pretty packed. Student section packed to the brim. Sad to hear it's not the same. It was not this year. It it was not this year. Um, I mean, what? They lost nine of their last ten? And thank God for Georgia being smacked in there, who's firing their coach. You lost Missouri three times this year. They eliminated, eliminated you tonight. Sounds like they might be moving on from their guy. Mississippi State's moving on from their guy. Sterling says, Kermit and his staff have grossly missed on recruiting evaluations. I'm not sure expecting them to fix that is going to work out. They like who they like, and it doesn't work. It hasn't so far. Um, that That's kind of where I'm coming from, is, is you have so many ifs. If. You can keep Matt Morell if you can get a shooter in the portal, if you can get a big in the portal, if this player takes a step forward in the offseason, if you can get this guy in the portal, if Deshaun Ruffin comes back healthy, if, 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 that's all it is. It's, it's a series of ifs, and that's just to get them not bad. I, I see why, why you you think that way. Mason, that's uh, that's pretty good. He said, as a state fan, uh, we did not send Kermit to run the Ole Miss program to the ground. He's not running it to the ground. It's just not working at the moment. Is Helen gone at MSU? Not yet. I, I imagine uh, they're just letting him coach his final game. And because look, Helen's handle presented himself well at Mississippi State. You know, the teams have been competitive. Not good enough, but they they certainly haven't been bad. Like the product's not embarrassing, right? It's not a train wreck. He he's brought in talent. He handles himself well. Kind of keeps to himself a little bit, but he represents your school well. There's no reason to fire him until the season's over, right? And there's also talk about him possibly retiring. Um, there is there there's no reason, um, to fire him before the season's over. You just you don't gain anything from that. Uh, so you might as well just you know let him 
without that distraction, continue to coach his team until it's over before you start doing that. So I anticipate it one way or the other to happen. Uh, You should too. But I don't think you should be worried. I I had somebody asked me or asked me recently, like, should I be worried that it hadn't happened yet? No, you should not be worried that it hadn't happened yet. It's um, honestly, they're doing the respectful thing here uh, by letting him coach the season out without, um, without that distraction. Cause that would be a distraction. And I think that would be bad form uh, to, to let him go before the season ended. I believe John Cohen's working on a list already. I believe that to be true. Patrick says, would it be cheaper to let him go now than keeping him for another season? I know his buyout is like seven to nine million. I don't, I wonder if it's that high. I'd be willing to bet they could, if it is that high, they'd be able to work that number down some. But I mean, if you just run it back for another season, you further put your program in a hole. You you further lose fans. You further detach it. Once you have decided, um, this is some good advice in relationships that I wish I would have gotten a, a long time ago in my life. Um, when you know it's over, it's over and ended. So if you have decided we need to go in another direction, do that immediately, you know? Nicholas says they have to be bleeding money right now considering how much I hear about the lack of fan enjoyment, especially since the students who get free tickets are still not showing. It's not even just, yeah. I mean, you look at the paid attendance number and the real actual butts and seats wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Sterling says you can't run it back without changes in the staff. Paul says, I think in today's college basketball, you need a coach with NBA experience to manage roster management. That's an interesting thought due to the portal. It's hard to get good transfers and have them play as a team. It, it takes a balancing act for sure. It does. It, it absolutely does. Uh, you are seeing college basketball move more towards an NBA style of play, a more open style of play, um, more three-point shooting kind of more fluid systems, less structure, a little bit more fluidity. Um, It's improved the product some as well. I mean, college basketball, generally speaking, is not a great product, but it's improved it some having a little bit more free-flowing offenses. Um, The the game models the NBA game a little bit more uh, with that, and I think it's helping uh, the sport some. I really do. What percentage of money comes from TV contracts versus attendance? TV contract uh, is significantly more than attendance. Significantly more. Uh, that's take. I mean, it's not apples to oranges, but uh, the NBA and NFL did just fine during the COVID year without attendance. Now attendance hurt. It hurts not having you know a few thousand people there spending money with you and stuff like that. But no, it's. It's the the TV contract for sure is is where the the most money is made. But with basketball and football, it's more than just that. It's it's what the school benefits from and your athletic department, but what the school benefits from when you're good. The exposure that you get when you're good. It's not just butts and seats and, and people buying tickets and $10 beers. It's when you play in the NCAA tournament. It's when you play in the Sugar Bowl. What that does for your school is almost immeasurable. Tyler says, if Ole Miss was a tournament team and relevant like baseball, I promise basketball will be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I have seen the pavilion packed on Wednesday nights. Not too terribly long ago. The fans care and they're into it, and I promise they show up. Same thing in Starkville. We've seen it in Starkville more so recently for women's games than men's games, but we've seen it. We have seen it. What's the deal with Casey Hunt and Stone Simmons? That's a good question. I mean, there's rumor about injury, but I, I, I wish I could tell you more. I mean, State hasn't even addressed beyond we'll see with Landon Sims. I mean, they, they haven't. I haven't done anything about that yet, or haven't announced anything about that yet, I should say. I mean, nothing, um, despite the speculation. So I, I really I really don't think uh, you're going to get much, honestly. Um, they just they don't reveal much, and people uh, don't dig much either. So yeah, that's a good point. If State had one decent three-point shooter, then they would have been different this year, no doubt. Um, and a lot of that, too, is they didn't create looks for shooters either. Offensively, they didn't design things to have shooters get good looks. Nicholas says, I'm truly hoping Kermit can pull it all together. If not, it's definitely time to move on next year. But I'm on the train of thought to keep him for a year and see where it goes from there. I th- I think I think I'm not totally sure. I think that's the sentiment that the athletic department shares as well. But things could have changed. Um, things could have changed because they did lose. You know, nine of ten lost to Missouri three times, had their worst conference record in what over two decades. So anyway. We had a sign-stealing scandal. Let's get to that now. A lot of people are talking about the fact that um, there was potentially, not potentially, there was some sign-stealing that went on when Ole Miss was in Orlando. Um, the, the rumor started over the weekend. Uh, apparently, a player sent a text message that got around um, expressing anger towards a former teammate that plays for UCF about stealing signs during their game on Friday night with, uh, with Neil McCready on, uh, on their YouTube show, uh, he and Peyton Chatney, uh, I get, have a weekly, uh, YouTube thing that they do together, uh, an interview. And today they talked about it and they didn't use his name specifically, but it was very clear that they were talking about John Rice Plumley because who else could have done it? they, realized on Friday when McCants was at bat that there was some sign stealing going on where Plumlee was in the other dugout relaying Ole Miss's signals to UCF coaches. They caught it early on Friday. They made some adjustments, and that was that, at least from the Ole Miss side of things. But the the team apparently, you know, Peyton was really political, and I understand why he actually represented himself in the situation quite well. He's an impressive young man. Um, but it seemed like they didn't very much appreciate it. They didn't like it. And there has been a lot of takes about that out there. And I think I think people are kind of missing the point. I think people are kind of missing the point. Because I've seen... Why are they mad? They should have changed their signs. It's on them that they didn't change their signs. Well, they did. Uh, Once they caught it and realized it, uh, they did change their signs almost immediately. 
and uh, they went on the rest of the weekend without issue. It's all they had to do. The, the problem appears is when this particular former teammate went to their practice on Thursday night. I was listening to the radio broadcast on Friday, and the color a- analyst on the broadcast was talking about how cool it was to see him go to their practice, and everybody was hugging and all that stuff, and everybody was just getting along and best friends, and it was all great, and they were just so happy to see each other, and it was awesome. And then apparently, even that continued at the team hotel later that night or or whenever. So hanging out at practice, being buds, going to the hotel, being buds, and then the next day doing that, stealing signs, relaying it to your coaches. That's where I think I, I that's where I understand the reported I don't know if it's reported, but the disdain that apparently existed and they hell, they're probably over it by now. They're college kids. They probably got home and went out with their girlfriends and stuff and are all good now. But um I don't think it's a matter of, oh, they should have changed their signs. They did. Like it, it's fine. It, it lasted what, a couple innings? And that was it. Once they figured it out, they changed them, and it's over. It's not like football where you've got an entire play sheet to remember. It's just a few things. It's indicators and stuff like that. It was over. I think they felt betrayed. And it wasn't that signs were being stolen. It's that it was signs were being stolen from this particular person after the, the reunion that was had led to some betrayal. And feelings of betrayal. And that I understand. I understand. Because when you present yourself a certain way. And do that. Then. People can be caught off guard. And I think it's fair that they were caught off guard. If you didn't change your signals. And I mean that's on you. But they did. And I get it. I get where they're coming from. I think they're perfectly justified if they still feel that way, if they ever felt that way. I think they're perfectly justified in feeling that way. It's not the action. It's who did the action and how that is presented. So anyway, oh, yeah, no doubt on this episode of the season, right? (laughs) Shit. Um, And last thing for you, I have this idea. So we saw the crowd last night in Biloxi when Mississippi State was playing Texas Tech. Packed, packed environment there. Uh, Many thousand people. And that's not the first time that's happened. I mean, the day before Rudy Gobert tested positive and shut the world down, we saw the same phenomenon where Mississippi State had a home game at MGM Park there in Biloxi and packed the place out. It was an incredible scene. But last night reminded me of a conversation Haydad and I had on the show a couple weeks ago. And it was just kind of like this offshoot, you know, hey, let us know if your town's an Ole Miss town or a state town. And we got a lot of, hey, I live in Brandon, feels majority state. Hey, I live in Madison, feels majority Ole Miss. Hey, I'm in Tupelo, feels 50-50. Hey, I'm in Clarksdale, feels like it's more Ole Miss. And we got all that from all over the state. It was actually kind of fun to hear from people. Every person on the coast said some variation of it doesn't feel like I'm in Mississippi. It's like 20% LSU, 20% Alabama, 10% Ole Miss, 10% State, and the rest you just kind of fill in the blanks. 
That was the sentiment from everybody. And I've talked to some people, and we talked about it today some. And people on the coast feel as though they are ignored by the two SEC schools in this state. They feel like they're ignored. And so why not, number one, make the baseball trip to Biloxi an annual thing? But I would take it a step further. Because right now, you know, State has their had their games this week in Biloxi, and um, you have, you know, the the summer road trips where like the basketball coach will speak to you know a couple hundred people in some ballroom for fifty dollars a plate or whatever. Um, I think they should continue to play games on the coast. Here's why: first of all, it is very hard for those people to see your non-football sports, and hell, it's even really hard for those people to see football. It's a long way away, but it's a really high-populated area in this state. It's booming economically, it's growing, and they're huge sports people. You can't get an Ole Miss fan to be in Oxford on a Wednesday night basketball game or baseball game. You can't th- get them to go to Saturday baseball games. It's not worth it. It's a five-hour drive. Same thing in Starkville. It's a, same principle applies to both places. Um, so go to them. Play a midweek two-game series in Biloxi every year. I live in Jackson. You don't need to play your basketball game, your, your in-state, away-from-town basketball game in Jackson. You already have a football or a foothold here. Do it at the Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. That's where you should be doing this, in Biloxi. And I would even take it a step further. I would, if I can, I would host a couple of spring practices in a scrimmage somewhere on the coast. Or do a couple fall camp, training camp days away from your town and do them on the coast. Because on top of the fact that, again, high population area, they're very far away. It's hard for them to get to see you. But you can grab these people on the coast and make them fans of you if they're not already or at least engage with them more. But here's something that I know would happen. So let's just say you had a few like three spring practices and a scrimmage on Saturday somewhere on the coast. And. Little Timmy's dad brought him to go see practice. And he got to see Jackson Dart throw for the first time. And he got to see Will Rogers throw for the first time, whichever one they're a fan of. And on the way home, they they don't go to Oxford. They don't go to Starkville. And on the way home, finally, it's, Dad, please take me. I want to go see Jackson Dart play. I want to go see Will Rogers play. If you engage them more, they will engage you back. It's really hard to fall in love with something that you don't see. So show them. Because that's a part of the state that's up for grabs. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like the video. Please like the video. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe already. Uh, Hope that was uh, interesting and entertaining for you. And I'll see you guys again on Sunday night. Look out for some shorts I got coming out at the end of this week. And uh, see you guys on Sunday.
Mississippi Media Production.